Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I fell asleep but, during the game. Dead serious. I just, I was like, this is the most boring game I've ever watched. It was like turning on like Northwestern and Minnesota or something like All right, we are back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. As always, my name is Presley Meyer, your host with most. I'm joined by Nick Connor, and we're going to make this short one today because I don't know what the, what the hell else there is to talk about. After last week, the four days that occurred in between the last game, Louisville's third loss in a row. They lose to probably the worst team in the ACC on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, probably should have been more than a 12-point loss. Uh, Malik Williams had a shot at the buzzer to make this not the lowest score posted against Pittsburgh this season um, and not the largest win for Pittsburgh this season. This is the first time Pitt was even up by 10 points against an ACC team this year. Um, You can go on and on about how abysmal Pittsburgh is, uh, what a gap year this is for them, and essentially what it means for them. But, I mean, you look at this game today, uh, the game meant more for a 6-10 and team uh, than a Louisville team fighting for their tournament lives. Um, it's very apparent at this point that Chris Mack has lost the team. It's very apparent that, um, as he said after the last game and as he said in the presser before the game yesterday, before he took off for Pitt, that you don't know what you're going to get from this team day to day. And at this point, it seems like what they got was giving up. Um, even your leader, And Malik Williams, the guy who almost cost you the game against Pitt at home last time when you had uh, a a win sealed and you decided to get a a sixth foul, a a second technical foul from the bench. Um, You know, apparently, you know, we'll we'll see what comes of that, but essentially started another kind of little tussle um, in, in, in the handshake line after the game. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Right now, it's embarrassing to be a little basketball fan right now. It's hard to spend two to three hours of your day twice a week to watch a team that puts a product on the floor that is as abysmal as this. I mean, we can get into all of uh, what it means to be a Louisville basketball fan and, and, and how this is not acceptable. Um, but right now, I mean, just looking at this game, this is this is an all-time low point maybe in my lifetime. I'm just going to be straight up. I fell asleep during this game because of the apathy that I have towards this team. 
I just don't care at this point. Like I, 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 I it's not that I don't care. Like I do care. I'll, I'll, I will always care. I'll never miss a home game. Like I'm always going to, we're always going to jump on this post game podcast. We're always going to have, um, you know, the relationships that we develop as Louisville fans. And we're always going to have the passion that we have for this team. But at some point, uh, as I said, before we hopped on here, it was like watching like Northwestern and, and the, the second worst team in the big 10. Like it was just a, a rock fight uh, that, that Louisville brought like pebbles to. And it was just, it was just ugly. It was everything that is the opposite of what you come to expect as a Louisville basketball fan. And, and to be quite frank with you, Nick, we, while everybody else is being negative Nancy's and kind of being Debbie downers about uh, the outcome of the season over the last two weeks, you and I kind of stayed positive. We tried to find reasons why this team could potentially uh, turn things around and, and move forward towards becoming an NCAA tournament team. But right now, um, I think that we're just, you know, trying to decide what we're going to drink during each game uh, to get ourselves through. And, and that's just not a position that you want to be in. Nick, I'll bring you in here. But, you know, essentially, what is your initial reaction? I felt like early with the five that started, there was some early energy in that first segment. They came out, scored eight in about two minutes. I felt like, hey, you know, maybe we have something here today energy wise. And then after that, I mean, just didn't really feel like this team wanted to be there. Um, I know Mike Rutherford tweeted it, but it's a it's a really bad sign when the six and team six and ten team wants the game more than the team that actually still has a chance to do something with their season. Um, this is a team that Louisville played around with ten days ago and came out victorious because of coaches getting texts. Quite frankly, um, they made boneheaded mistakes of them of their own and still got out with the win against a bad team, but. For me, it's just, I mean, we're beyond execution. We're beyond X's and O's. We're beyond this coach doing this and this scout. And it's, there's no effort. Um, can't, can't beat anybody off of a straight line drive on the opposite end of the floor. Can't stop anybody on a straight line drive. Zero, zero effective things on defense today. I mean, I know you quote unquote hold the team to 65, but they didn't do that. I mean, Pittsburgh's just not a good shooting team, right? Hughley had 19, Burton had 20. I mean, their starters, they had four or five starters in double figures and the fifth starters a walk on. It just got a scholarship this week. So, I mean, that that's all you need to know about Jeff Capel's program right now. I mean, Capel's on the way out too. You know, like I, I saw another tweet about being the get right game for other teams whose coaches are probably getting fired this offseason. Tells you the state of the program pretty quickly. I have zero defense for Chris Mack, for anybody on that bench. For anybody on the floor, quite frankly, saw very few any you know any positive signs whatsoever. You know, again, guys not doing things that are good for their skill set, right? Again, you see Noah Lott coming off the bounce a bunch tonight. That's not a part of his skill set or his talent. We've talked a lot about that. Saw L. Ellis getting in the lane and challenging a six ten guy and a six eleven guy. That's not going to end well. And how many times tonight? How many times today did we see? Louisville actually get to the lane or get to the rim and not finish again. And that's been what they've done all year long. I mean, it, it's the same things we've seen, but with less effort, less efficiency, less effectiveness. I mean, didn't get any loose balls today. Got out rebounded by, you know, let's see, out rebounded 41 32. What? That should never happen to a Louisville basketball team. Four offensive rebounds. We didn't have an offensive rebound, Presley, until two minutes left in the first half. Didn't have one at all. 
Like every single trip down the floor was one and done. Every single trip, except for four, I guess. I mean, just just insanity there. I mean, like you said, it's at this point, to me, it becomes, is this an effective use of my, of two days a week, right? Like, that's kind of where my brain's at. Like, I mean, I had the Bengals game up, right? Like, we're recording this during the Bengals halftime. Let's be frank here, right? Like, it's sad. And I know I saw some others tweet this today. It's sad when, like, your passion and, like, the history and everything that's within you to, like, carve out time and carve out energy and carve out a place in your heart for the Louisville Cardinals basketball program is like starting to get covered up by something else. First of all, I just want to say, you know, F you to, to Mike Rutherford for having uh, Jacob Lane and I on, on, on Monday on 1450 big X radio and 96, one FM. If you want to tune in, you can, but I have a feeling that it's going to be much the same of what we're talking about right now. To me, it just, it just feels like, this was the kill shot for this season. Like Louisville's head was underwater and then like a, just a giant, like mile wide boulder just came and fell on top of their head. Like any hope that you had in making the postseason outside of making a miraculous run in the NCAA tournament is gone. Uh, you go from being solo first in, in the ACC, whether it was for 30 minutes or not, they were still in first place in the ACC at some, at one point to uh, the first time that Louisville's lost by nine or more points against an unranked team, uh, three three consecutive games for the first time since 1963. In reality, I mean, this might be the worst team that Louisville has fielded since since that time. Like this, my, my father is 62 years old. I think this might be the worst team that that has taken the court for Louisville basketball. Talent-wise, probably not. Execution-wise, absolutely. Execution-wise, I've never witnessed this in my lifetime. That's what, That's what gives me a pause about you know, I told you I would rather just talk about the macro today than the micro because we can get into what they did wrong tonight, but we would be sitting here for hours. And it's just at this point, I don't know what you do going forward. Like if you're Chris Mack, how do you press the reset button? And that's that's kind of my question, right? Like like at, at the end of the day, you have to see progress going forward. If Chris Mack's going to be retained as the head coach here, you have to see promise from the younger players so is that what it is like do you just play a lot of l ellis and then, then play the young in? guys yeah. like wh- what was what's what's keeping you from playing the bench at this point yeah i mean no jj trainer oh there's no excuse for that is he redshirting like can i get an answer like i mean he's he's got to be on the practice squad at this point or something like there's got to be some happening? explanation yeah no gabe like uh, at what point do you say the the 18 year old Rose Wheeler can't do anything against this guy. And Malik's, I don't know if Malik's hobbled. I don't know if Malik doesn't care. I don't know if Malik's so bought in on jawing the Hughley. Let's just say it as it is, right? Like he got eaten alive tonight. Like at some point, get somebody else in the ball game. Like I'm tired of you scratching your head and throwing your play sheet and like put somebody else in the game. I don't care if it's three walk ons. Give me somebody who wants to be out there. Yeah. I mean, and you look at, at the starters tonight. Uh, Chris Mack started his eighth different. Well, I guess not technically Chris Mack. Louisville started its eighth different starting lineup of the season. Again, just trying to figure out what the hell is going to work. Uh, 15 out of 40 uh, from from four of the five starters. And you have Samuel Williamson, who really wasn't a huge contributor tonight, one for four from the field. Credit to Samuel Williamson, though. Second made free three of of the season tonight. So at least we have that to fall back on, right? At least you have a uh, Sam uh, Malik Williams with another double double. I mean, but look, 
you know, we can be sarcastic about about positive takeaways, but the rea- reality of the situation is things aren't getting better. In fact, they're getting worse. They're getting worse on offense. There's regression on offense. Mentally, they are not the same team that they were probably when Chris Mack came back from from his suspension on defense. They've regressed. You know, I haven't taken a look at Kim Palm, and maybe we can get into that uh, before before we're done here tonight. But they were in the high teens in defensive efficiency. They slipped to fifty one. And Nick, what are, what are we looking at in Kim Palm right now? I just refreshed the page because when I had looked earlier, they hadn't updated. Louisville's now a hundred one zero zero. They are a hundred in Ken Palm. What are you looking at in defensive efficiency? If you don't mind me 50, asking, fifty seventh, fifty seventh. So for I mean, and frankly, they're they're far worse than that. The only reason you're fifty seventh is because you were super high up on in def- defensive efficiency to start the season. That's right. And some so, of that is some of that is pre-weighted to some of that is based on last season who's returning and pieces like that. Some of that is accounted for preseason. So that means that our reality has continued to perform worse than what the, yeah, the system and, thought we would be. And I, I think I mean, if you want to talk about the actual game, we can for just a second. I mean, the, the ultimate takeaway for me on the defensive end is you have a guy in John Hughley who is the guy. Right. Like that's the guy that you don't leave. That's the guy that is going to make everything work for Pittsburgh. And to start the game, Louisville just allowed him to get in one-on-one situations against Malik Williams, which if Malik Williams was a completely healthy player, if he was able to take a guy of John Hughley's size one-on-one, and if they didn't have a history of getting into it, then maybe that's one thing that you're putting him one-on-one with John Hughley. And again, I don't know if that's coaching staff or, or the players just not listening to what the game plan is. Right. But I mean, right off the bat, Hughley's getting Malik Williams in foul trouble. Hughley is just causing problems on the glass as a Louisville basketball team. You cannot continue to have the other team's best player or their second best player for that matter, just absolutely going off on you. And that's exactly what happened. And finally, when they started, crashing down on Hughley and started our, you know, started getting players in and getting active hands on, on the ball when Hughley had the ball. Uh, he, he had three and four guys on him at one time. And I mean, obviously when you have Jared West crashing down from 20 feet away from his guy, yeah, like there's going to be at least two open men on the floor. At what point do you start learning how to play intelligent basketball? I mean, you have Guye, you know, I don't, I, I thought that Guye was like a nice cheese that you have when you take your wife out for, for your anniversary, or I thought it was, you know, G, ghee. that's like, you know, that, that like fake butter stuff that you eat when you're on whole 30, but uh, no, 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 neither. It's, it's a guy that's, that you've never even heard of that just tears you up um, on, on the offensive glass. And it's just like at, at, at one point, do you just look at the season and just try to hit the reset button? And Louisville's just trying to trying to slowly piece by piece figure out how to make this this season work, uh, but the reality of the situation is you've never had five guys on the floor at the same time bought into the system that you're running, and if you do, it's in a late game situation against a crappy team, and you get lucky to get out of there with a victory. But now uh, you're kind of in a situation where. Yes, you were finding ways to win games, and yes, that was admirable. But you find ways to win games so that you can become a better team and not do that the next time. The reality of the situation is, is that like you know the la- the last time Louisville played Pitt, 
they hit eight out of the last nine nine shots to come away with the victory. And that, that's what they had to do. They had to hit eight out of the last nine shots to win the game. This time, you come into the game, and, I mean, you, you dig yourself such such a massive hole that you're just – Louisville, by the end of the game, wasn't even running offense. The last five minutes of the game, like, I texted you, and I was like, let's record. Like, let's just hop – let's hop on. Let's start recording post game. Let's go, like, as soon as it's over. Because Louisville, the last five minutes of the game, did not even run offense. Ran down the floor, passed it if, if they weren't open, and took took whatever shot they could. It, it's just it was just abysmal. I mean, to to end the first half, they uh, missed nine out of their last ten shots in the first half. They came out of the out of halftime and looked even worse than that. And it's just like at at what point, like I don't think it's the coaching staff not telling them the right things to do. Like I feel like knowing the coaches on the sideline that they know what to tell these players. I think that it's one hundred percent the players not buying into what the coaches are saying. I don't know if that's I mean, I, I guess that's one of the risks that you take when if you look down down the list of players that, that played tonight, Locke, Ellis, West, Wheeler, Faulkner, Cross, that's seven out of ten guys that played tonight that weren't on this team last year. So like that's part of the risk that you take when you completely rebuild your team. You have Williams, Williamson, and Dre Davis, and I guess Withers. So that's four. So seven seven out of eleven players. You had four players from last year's team. Williams is a leader, but ne- not necessarily – he shouldn't necessarily be the best player on the floor, even though he is oftentimes. Uh, Samuel Williamson is a McDonald's All-American that just hasn't panned out. Dre Davis is a guy that's just not ready to get serious minutes, and he's a role player. And Jalen Withers is a guy that's completely flopped this season. That's what you have bring- coming back. And every other piece on this team is a piece that you brought in to be a role player or to provide a certain – certain aspect of their game for this team and i can't think of one player that stands out as a guy that's actually doing that at this point so pretty much right now you have no cohesion you have a team that has is just not bought in you have a team that is just playing just this helter skelter style of play that it just it's just not going to work out and ultimately i think that that's that's the concern going forward you know, and, and that's why I think that we look at, at the macro at this point. You know, I mean, they have an easy stretch coming up, but I don't look at I don't look at Louisville's schedule and think that there's one team on the schedule, Boston College included. And you know, I was roasting Notre Dame, and I just texted you earlier. Notre Dame's won six six straight games. You know, like I mean, we were talking about you know this is the year you get Virginia. <laughs> the hell, it's not. You play Virginia right now, you're gonna get waxed. I mean, they just split games against NC State and Pittsburgh, who are both going to finish on the bottom half of the conference. How does, and I guess maybe that's my question for you, how does this team find a way to reset and, and kind of change its identity in hopes of just somehow, some way sneaking into the NCAA tournament? I think if I'm Chris Mack, honestly, I print off, like, metrics. I print off tweets um i i clip videos of luke hancock roasting his own program on acc network of um ryan mcmahon tweeting about how bad the basketball team is and i'm taking all of those things and that's the first thing i'm putting in the locker room tomorrow putting on the big screen ken palm has level projected at 15 and 15 now nine and 11 in conference i don't know if Louisville wins nine games in this conference which is 
good Lord have mercy to even think about that. But I mean, I, I think you have to try. I believe Chris Mack when he says he's trying everything. You got to try something else, right? Just keep trying something until it motivates the guys on your team. Like I said on the last episode, Prez, I'm not, I don't know if you can use the NBA card with any of these guys at this point because I don't know that any of these guys are NBA players. And that's, that shows you the state of the program just by itself from a talent standpoint. Um, I don't know where the way, where the way to go here is. I mean, we talked a lot early in the season about how this team had to be defensive minded. And the early metrics were showing that they were, and that was winning them games. I mean, they won both games in the Bahamas because of defense. They won other non-con games because of defense. The games they lost early at home to Furman and DePaul were because of defense. Really thought that the team would buy into that. Um, I just don't know at this point. I, I don't know what, which way is up, which way is... I know which way is down because we've shown that pretty easily. Like, we know where we're going. But, I mean, when you look at a, a schedule that Again, the projections, just looking at Ken Palm here, is Louisville beats Boston College and then does not win again for a month is the projection, which would be six in a row. I mean, that's that is six in a row and nine, out of, and nine out of 11, which is, I don't, I don't know. Like, and again, right now, to be honest with you, they're saying Louisville would beat Boston College, Miami, Virginia. I, I, I don't think they beat Miami or Virginia if they continue to play like this. I mean, I don't know. It's beyond panic button. It's beyond all those things. It it comes down to effort. Um, it comes back to the like playing for the Louisville on your chest and like sucking it up and like getting over whatever your role is. Um, I know from what we've heard, practice the last few days hasn't been pretty, which I mean, we saw that again today on the floor. I, I don't know what it is. And I think this is where you get into that identity issue where your leaders are Jared West and Malik Williams and Malik Williams has been hot trash the last four games. And Jared West is not an ACC point guard on the offensive end of the floor at, at minimum. And, and like, if those are our two leaders at this point, I don't know where you go from here from a, like a vocal standpoint in the locker room or on the practice floor. I mean, there's just a lot of questions. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like at this point in the season, and we'll get in some Twitter questions, we'll get the hell out of here because neither one of us deserve to be doing this right now, to be quite honest with you. This reminds me of, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen that Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence movie, Don't Look Up, just this two and a half hour parody on how the United States has treated, well, the world has treated global warming essentially, and there's this giant meteor heading towards Earth, and at by like halfway through the movie, everybody can see the meteor, and it's coming right towards us, and it's just going to just destroy us. And essentially it's, it's a metaphor for global warming. But right now I feel like on this podcast, me and you have been like the meteor has been coming towards us. We've kind of seen the writing on the wall and yet we're like, Oh, well, you know, you know, it could be a financially benefit beneficial for, you know, billions of people to die. Like it'd be fine. Like, and, and that's essentially, you know, a very, very small microcosm of, of, of how we've treated this team. And it's not necessarily because of blind optimism, but more of, you know, we know what we've seen in the past with Rick Pitino coach teams, and we know what we've seen from this program as a whole since we've been around. And, and, and it's that in college basketball, a lot more so than college football or, or any sport in general, it's very much about what you're looking at as far as your resume going into March. I mean, you look at like the perfect example is Rick Pitino's last season, Louisville fielded a great team that was a two seed and, and had some excellent players. 
uh, on that squad. Probably one of the better, more, more talented teams that Rick Pitino fielded in his time. Uh, and then you're a two seed and all of a sudden seventh seeded Michigan comes in and they are one of the better teams in the country. And, and, and that's ultimately what college basketball is about. That's what the NCAA tournament's about. It's about gaining momentum. It's about, you know, not necessarily what your seed is or what your ranking is or anything like that. It's about how deep can you go in March and how, how much can you seize momentum? And, and, and ultimately, I think that's kind of what you and I were looking at, that we saw the pieces on this team. We saw that, that Noah Law could be an elite, you know, shooter, shooter from beyond the arc. We saw that LLS could develop into uh, kind of a leader on this team. We saw that Malik Williams and, and, um, and Jared West could be the guys that that are ultimately the the leaders and the and the steady forces on this team. And then there's a solid cast of role players around them. And, and you know, it, it's disappointing to look at the, at this roster and think that that's not the case. But I mean, that's the reality. You know, this meteor that is missing the NCAA tournament for the third straight season is coming right towards us. And then you also have the the, the negative shadow of of the NCAA. Uh, hanging over us and I mean ultimately that's that's what you look at when you look at this game and when you look at at, at the macro of the season is just that that Louisville just doesn't have what it takes this season and and we're gonna have to spend the next two months getting into what does that mean for the coaching staff what does that mean for the roster what do we have to do going forward to have any sort of optimism uh, of things turning out better than than they are right now but I mean you look at this the most telling stat maybe maybe of this game, Louisville was five for twelve on layups and zero for two on dunks. There it is. You just throw your arms up on that one and just say, "Look, if you're a, a high level college basketball team, if you're a team that has aspirations of winning one of the better uh, one of the better leagues in in the in, in the NCAA, if you're a team that has aspirations of making a deep run in March, you don't go five for twelve on layups and zero for two on freaking dunks." You got your hand above the rim, freaking put it in, put the ball in, in in the rim. If you got the ball within two feet of the rim, make your shot. Like that is, you know, I I understand Chris Mack's frustration because if you recruit players that you think are going to be good fits in your system and they can't freaking make a layup, like what are we doing here? To be quite frank with you, and that's that's kind of a just a microcosm of of this entire season, and that's you know, ultimately what's doomed Louisville basketball. We'll get into these Twitter questions real fast. Um, we got a question. Is, is Lawrence already on hold? I'll hang, hang up and listen. Yeah, Lawrence was probably on hold 10 minutes into the game. Are, are you in favor of a self-imposed postseason ban at this point? Nick, maybe you can chime in on this, but I'm not. I, I mean, I don't, I, I, know I don't think it does anything, to my yeah. knowledge, to the IARP case and the process at this point. And if anything at all we have seen recently, you need to flex to the NCAA. You do not need to show weakness in these cases. So absolutely not. Yeah, it's the Malik Williams in the last two pit games is the perfect um, analogy for what you do to the NCAA. Like, yeah, you might look like a moron trying to uh, show up a guy that's that's far physically superior to you. uh, But ultimately, you know, the NCAA is like a Rottweiler with a with severe anxiety like it's if you just freaking flex your muscles to them they're probably going to go away i think that louisville self-imposing at this point is just saying that we did everything wrong and that the way that we punished ourselves by firing our coaches and firing staff members and and cutting our budget and doing all this and that and sacrificing our brand 
wasn't enough. And now we're going to take ourselves at the NCAA tournament. Like you're already probably not going to make the tournament. And maybe it was beneficial to UConn at, at that point because UConn wasn't in the same place that Louisville basketball is in. Uh, when, when, you know, if you're comparing apples to oranges uh, from whatever that was last season or two seasons ago, no, I, I don't think in any scenario uh, going forward, regardless of what happens, Louisville could lose out. I don't think it's beneficial to self-impose because ultimately self-imposing in the NCAA's eyes is, is admitting to wrongdoing. And right now, what the NCAA and the IARP have proven is that just saying, just deny, deny, deny it is the way to get out of everything. Uh, somebody asked, why didn't Sam play in the second half? That's not true. He played six minutes. But as you and I kind of commented on, it was not a very noticeable six minutes by any means. Uh, Samuel Williamson finished the game playing 15 minutes. So did a quick math, nine minutes in the first half, uh, six minutes in the second half. And uh, honestly, had the best plus minus on the team. So way to go, Sam. Um, by riding the bench, that's how you had the best. There plus you go. This game. The best at, at this point in the season, the best way to have the best plus minus is to be a walk on. Anyways. Uh, okay, here we go. I got one for you. What is this offensive scheme that Ross McMahon's was supposed to be installing with this team? I don't know. Unless it's LLS getting to the rack, it's pass it around the perimeter, pick and pop every now and again, then ill-advised three with no one crashing the boards. I, you know, it's hard to disagree with, with John Bailey. You saw, you saw a couple sets early in the game, specifically when Hughley got his second foul and both of his fouls in the first half were laughable. I know that was a, that was a fun referee crew with TV Teddy finally on the call for the first time in a while for us. And though both of those fouls were horrendous, but when he came off the floor, we started running some set stuff to go at the middle of the floor. And I think that's what you would, were hoping to see. And again, as we talked about L Ellis coming downhill against two guys that are over six ten is not going to work. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what the Ross McMain's offense is. I don't know if he needs to be the one that dies on the sword. I mean, something needs to happen now. I think that, I'm seeing that on, on social media. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of that. This is an NFL team. There's an assistant fired today. Like something has to change now. I don't expect to answer the next question. Max going to make it to March. Yeah. He will not be yeah. fired before March, but something needs to happen. Somebody needs to get kicked off the team. Somebody needs to be fired. I mean, something move some sort of piece. I mean, I know I'll give you this Prez, if I can get my uh, phone to load here that the, the top Mac quote of the post-game presser was until I figure out what motivates our group, I don't see a lot changing. Tells me all I need to know. Yeah, then change yeah. something. And and that's ultimately, I mean, that's the takeaway right there. Like we, we probably could have gotten on for five minutes and said, look, this team's not motivated. They didn't come ready to play once again, whatever Chris Mack and whatever the rest of the coaching staff is saying in practice is just, it's simply not working. It's just not, it's not getting through to them. And, I think part of that is kind of the the mentality, like the mob mentality mindset almost, where, you know, as a teacher, you probably know this as well. You could tell, you know, a group of, of, of people one thing, but but if the majority of them don't believe it, even if there are players on this team, like like I look at this team and I think maybe uh, Jared West and Dre Davis are, are two guys that probably buy into whatever the coaching staff is telling them because they know that that's going to make them better as a team and better as, as players. But, you know, I mean, th there are a lot of players on this team that I look at and, and, and think that that's simply not the case. So I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I think that players are going to start getting kicked out of practice. I think that we're going to see significant changes to the lineups and minutes played. And I mean, it, it's going to go from, 
from an ability stand standpoint to a, to a mentality standpoint. Um, and I, I think that's the reason that JJ trainer, you know, we got, got into that a lot, but I mean, that's the only reason I can surmise that JJ trainer has been kind of relegated to just never, ever playing uh, because he doesn't consistently bring uh, the right kind of attitude and work ethic in practice. And ultimately, if you're going to play at the power five level, if you're going to play uh, for one of the top 10 programs in the country, like you have to bring it every single day. Like that, there's zero doubt in my mind that that that's what Chris Mack and the coaching staff expect, uh, and 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 from things that we've heard, that's simply not the case. Um, it, it, as far as the offensive sets, I I feel like the offense has been more intentional of late. I think that in this game they gave up down the stretch, and that goes back to the mentality of this team, the, their mentality to just lay down when things go wrong. But I, I think that they were long segments where they were running intentional offense. I think that they, they missed a hell of a lot of shots once again tonight. I thought, I thought that, that players that are supposed to knock down shots did, once again did not make shots. Uh, I mean, you, and you look it's, across the board, it's consistently bad. Every player on the team had a negative plus minus. Mason Faulkner was negative 13, the worst on the team. But I mean, your starters, Locke, Ellis, Williams, Williams, and West. They were all negative in the plus minus. Uh, Dre Davis was, was minus eleven. Matt Cross only played nine minutes and he was minus nine in plus minus. Like, at what point do you just uh, do you look at the at this roster and just accept it for what it is? And and that is, I mean, I look at every player on that team right now and I just I just think role player, role player, role player, role player, role player, and that's that's great. Like, if you want to have like three J.R. Smiths on your team, like that's fine. But J.R. Smith isn't going to get you to the playoffs. Like, and, and that's that's ultimately how I look at this little basketball team. Um, somebody asked about offensive rebounds versus defensive rebounds. Uh, is deflections kept as a stat anymore? And so somehow I doubt it. Uh, deflections, I believe, is kind of like a sabermetrics type of thing that neither one of you subscribe, neither one of us subscribe subscribe to a uh, website like that. Um, but as, as far as offensive versus defensive rebounds, uh, we kind of went over that already. Louisville got owned on the glass tonight, uh, and, and that didn't necessarily have much to do with Pittsburgh having a superior uh, um, rebounder on the boards, but more to do with Louisville's effort as a whole. Um, effort and spacing and intentionality and all of that. I mean, all of that contributes to lack of rebounding, but yeah, effort is number one. That's what Chris Mack would say if you asked him. Yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, to close things out tonight, th things are starting to snowball. They're starting to look worse and worse a as we move forward. Um, you know, you you look for, like, you and I, I think we always end up in the podcast looking for a reason to look, look forward to something positive and something optimistic. And, I mean, they left very little to be optimistic about. I mean, if, if you're a Louisville fan, you know, there's, I mean, rightfully so, there's a lot of people asking about Chris Mack's job and, and, and what the future looks like. And I mean, when you are a top tier program like Louisville, that, that this is part of it. Like, and we have to accept that as well, that if you are not playing to the standard of what has been set before you, if you are not performing like a team that has one of the best budgets, that has one of the, um, best arenas that has some of the best facilities that has one of the most fertile recruiting grounds that has one of the best traditions in college, college basketball. If you're not living up to those expectations, then like there should absolutely be questions about what's going on. And as we indicated previously, you know, 
I think you and I both are big fans of, of Chris Mack as, as a person and, and this entire coaching staff as a person. I think, I think that we like, I think that we like everybody's who they are off the court, but what they're getting out of this team, what the product on the floor looks like. I mean, at this point, you're 10 and seven, you got to, you have to almost win out to even make the NCAA tournament at this point. Like we just have to face reality and, and, and kind of just suck it up and, and brave it through the season. But there are absolutely reasons for questioning what this coaching staff brings. There are absolutely reasons for, uh, you know, questioning if this roster is, is good enough, which I think neither one of you think, neither one of us at this point think that it is. And going forward, there are going to be a lot less reasons to be optimistic. And, you know, I think that not to end on a, on a bleak note, but I, I mean, I don't see, I don't look at the schedule and see any wins at this point. Uh, they, they will win more games. I can promise you that. They're going to win games at some point. Like, they're not, they're, their roster is infinitely more talented than Boston College's. But at some point, you just have to look at look at this team and, and realize that the wins are are, are not going to start coming, and, and we just have to look forward to the future and figure out what the heck's going to happen. Yeah. Again, you know, the, the computer metrics look bleak. The eye test is worse than that. Um, Chris Mack should be on a very hot, hot seat. That just is the way it is at this point. I just keep going back to last Saturday at this point. In the day, Louisville was 10 4 4-0 in conference. Had just beaten three teams down the stretch. You know, not executed great, but had won games. Then they lost at Florida State. They lost at home to an NC State team they'd already beat on Wednesday. And, of course, they just lost to Pitt, a team that they had already beat 10 days ago. What a difference a week makes. We should have seen the signs coming. I mean, I, th- I think we did see the poor execution coming um, and the lack of commitment to guys being the right guys and playing too many guys should have been, I guess that should have been the, the warning sign the whole time that he didn't have anybody. Um, but this train is is nowhere close to the track. I don't even think it's a train anymore. I don't have a, a fair analogy or metaphor or anything like that at this point. I think you just got to figure out a way to, to do one day at a time to get better in something doesn't have to be everything, get better in one thing each day and hope you can put some pieces together. But I feel for Chris Mack, but I absolutely agree with any justification for calling for his head, calling for his seat, calling for changes at this point. Absolutely need to happen. Want to get back to enjoying Louisville basketball, Uh, but we'll still be here. We'll still be covering them. Hope they get off the schneid here and figure out a way to beat Boston College at home on Wednesday. Again, another Wednesday, Saturday this week. Of course, we're honoring Russ Smith. I'm going to be in the house next Saturday with my pops to honor Russ Smith. That KFC Yum, KFC Yum better be absolutely popping on Saturday. I don't care how this team looks when we see them against Boston College. It better be full to the brim, 23,000 plus standing room only kind of crowd for Russ Smith's jersey retirement. Big stretch, obviously, coming up. Any game at this point is important, but hopefully Louisville gets it together. Chris Mack figures it out. Ross McMaines remembers how to coach offense like he did for years before this. And uh, we feel better about ourselves and about this this program, Prez. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you just have to 
kind of take it one game at, at, at a time as far as just talking about what the next step is. But at the same time, it's it's you're looking at the next game, but you're also looking at next year. And I mean, I think that's reality at this point. I, I don't see this team being a postseason team. That's very different than what we said, you know, just seven days ago. But I mean, here we are. They played three games since then, and and it's bit it's gone worse than you you or I could ever have imagined. And so that's that's the ultimate takeaway going forward. We're going to continue, as you said, to to cover the cards. We're going to continue to hop on here and and. Um, give criticism when it's due and, and give give praise when it's due. And, and, and right now there's not a lot of praise to go around. Um, until next time, uh, we look forward to talking to you guys after, I believe it's Boston College on Wednesday. Uh, until next time, though, go Cards, signing off. Go Cards, do something good for your mental health. <laughs> what does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.